Welcome to the Carmesh Rebels podcast. I'm Jenny Field. I'm Advita Patel. And I'm Trudy Lewis. This episode, I want to talk about ambiguity and uncertainty. And the reason I want to talk about that is because it comes up again and again, I know for all of us in the conversations we have when we're coaching clients or mentoring clients, and it's coming up more and more for organizations who are going through significant amounts of change. And I've talked a lot over the years about ambiguity and uncertainty. I've talked about it on the basis that it's not what we are designed to enjoy. So our brains don't like uncertainty and ambiguity because our brains are designed to keep us safe. And when they can't keep us safe, they can't predict what's going to happen. That makes us go into what's called a bit of a threat response. So we are not designed to be comfortable in states of ambiguity or uncertainty. But on the flip side of that, organisations and leaders will quite often say, you've got to get comfortable with ambiguity and uncertainty. I know that's what's said to me many years ago in my career. Just get uncomfortable with the ambiguity, Jenny. I was like, okay, we don't have any kind of strategy, (laughs) any kind of understanding of what we're doing. And I don't mind a bit, but this is, you know, way out there. Um, So I I want to delve into it a bit because I think there's been a shift in the last... I would say probably the last 18 months or so where there's been a lot more talk around the need for organizations to be agile. And when we talk about organizations being agile, I think there's a risk that we link that to IT and agile in IT, which is not always the best thing to base it on. Mm -hmm. Um, But sometimes when someone says to me, we need to be more agile, all I think about are IT projects because that's where agile often comes up. But it's coming up a bit more in organizations more broadly. And I've been doing some research and some writing around agility and resilience and how they go hand in hand to deal with ambiguity and uncertainty. So I thought it was a good conversation for us to have in terms of the advice that we might be giving people who are experiencing ambiguity and uncertainty, but also to think about where agility might come into organizations, the link to resilience, and also exploring for our own experiences, really, not just with our clients or who we're working with, but how comfortable are we with uncertainty and ambiguity? And has that changed from the pandemic where there was so much that was unknown that have we naturally developed more of a resilience and therefore we are slightly more comfortable with the unknown? So that's where my head's at today. (laughs) Not much. (laughs) Not much in there. Um, so I don't, I don't know which one of you wants to sort of wade in in terms of how comfortable you feel with ambiguity and uncertainty, whether you've got more of a tolerance for it than you don't. I've, my tolerance has definitely grown for it since okay. setting up my own business. I think you have to be comfortable with uncertainty. And I think more people are probably more comfortable with uncertainty now than they were pre-pandemic. Because I think the pandemic, and obviously probably pre-Brexit, to be honest, we we're going to use the B word. Because mm-hmm. I know it can make, make people... <laughs> the B word or the C word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think we have become more comfortable with uncertainty and ambiguity in the way we live our life, personally. Um, has our brain evolved to manage it in an effective way? No, I think we haven't. I think we are still trying to figure out what this world is like right now in this uncertain world we are in, business and personal Mm -hmm. world. And I think we talk a lot about resilience, which is important, but then it's also masked with mental health 
and mental well-being. So how resilient can we? Because I always I say to people all the time, human beings are not meant to live in a constant state of stress. True. Mm. At True. all. And right now, with everything going on and the access we have to find out what's going on, you know, if you think about when I was growing up, without giving away too much how old I am, but... It was like news at 10, right? <laughs> oh, dear. Didn't have television. <laughs> yeah. Well, TVs in those days. Um, but it was just one news channel. It was, th- it was three three or four TV channels and five came out on 96. Yeah, <laughs> I remember it well. Remember it well. And But you had one you had, you had one news at 10, I think, and there was on news at nine, I think it was mm-hmm. actually. And that was it. That was it, really. You went and got the paper. If you were inclined, we never got the paper. But, you know, you went and got the paper. You never heard, really, about what was going on outside of your own area, really, or nationally, at the at the very least in the news. But now, you can't switch on anything without knowing... Like, even today at lunch, we were talking about a tragic thing that had happened overseas. Yeah. Which shocked us. And we are like, oh, my God, I mean, talk about that for a bit. And then... That's what I mean, and I think the same with business as well. It's like, I think right now with the pandemic, a lot of people have are living in an uncertain world, mm. and especially in certain industries like hospitality, where or even small businesses where mm. rates and all have gone up and they've had to, you know, we heard only the other day that a, a cafe we visited in the last um, podcast recording episode has closed down after 20 years. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's things like that that we just don't know, and it sounds really scary, and, and, and it is scary, but I think we do need to try and figure out a way to manage this and work around this because I'm sorry, folks, but I don't think it's going away. Yeah. Mm. Trudy? Um, yeah, so I was scribbling away there. <laughs> um, but yeah, for me, I think what it has done is make me more aware um, of of it. So I'm more conscious of ambiguity and uncertainty. And I have I have long conversations with my sister who lives in Canada, about um, world events and so on. And, you know, we're constantly saying, oh my God, the world's gone mad. You know, there's so many different crazy things happening. And I said, is it that it's gone mad or is or are we more aware of it because of the fact that we have more access to more news? Mm-hmm. So the minute something happens somewhere else, we're aware of it. We know the details. Uh, you know, no longer are news agencies relying on their own correspondence to take photos. They're taking photos and footage from anybody. So the speed of which we're getting the uncertainties in our face and um, the ambiguities, false stories, you know, fake news and all the rest of it, the speed at which we're getting all of this is really high. And so as a result, sometimes it feels, you know, in comparing it to an older time, we're thinking, oh my gosh, you know, it's so much worse. But actually, Maybe it wasn't so much worse. Maybe it's just that we're hearing more about it. Um, and I think the, da- the the important thing for all of us is to actually develop a level of resilience. Although resilience itself can be treated in a bad, in a negative way, so that people then feel as if to say it's an expectation, and you know, again, that creates more pressure on people. So I think we're in a very funny place in that, as individuals. We are more inclined to be anxious as a result of all of this. Uh, we we might think, oh, there's no future. What's the point? You know, all of those types of feelings would come up at this time. And I think um, the importance of actually having the right kind of blinkers, I want to say, or mm-hmm. resilience is, is important right now um, for all of us to have. I think I'd certainly have 
put them up for myself. Do you, do you think the whole quiet quitting thing, which I know we've all had an <laughs> opinion about, <laughs> but do you think this, whatever, how are you phrase it, do you think it is because people are dealing with so much uncertainty? And because there is so much uncertainty, like, do you know what? That's it. I'm just doing what I have to do and that's it. To a certain extent. I think there's a certain extent of that. To address the quiet quitting comment, it is nonsense and I shall write something about it and share it in the show notes. Because oh, it's I just, wrote a piece you know, in oh, did on you? LinkedIn. Oh, so good. We'll link to that. that. Let's do that. <laughs> and then none of us have to get on a soapbox today. Yes. Um, but I think, I think there is an element of people being overwhelmed with the pressure of society today in terms of you know, having a successful career, having a successful personal life, ticking all of the boxes that you need to tick in order to be deemed successful mm. by the masses, I think that pressure can be quite overwhelming. I also think that there is a status linked to going to work that is uncomfortable for some people that don't want that status from going mm. to work. You know, that sort of toxic busyness that I talked about last mm. year or the year before isn't helpful either because that's, it's not sort of a badge of honour, you know, <laughs> to be, you know, working late or to be working all the hours. And people often say to me, gosh, I, you know, you're so busy, you're everywhere, you're doing this. And I'm very quick to say, I am, you know, I am often chatting in different places, but I'm very strict at, I only really work, you know, 10 till, 10 till 4 if I can. Obviously, with clients in other countries, time zones make that slightly different. But I try not to work on Fridays and I make sure I have my Mondays with my team. So I've put things in place to do that. It's just that what you're seeing is the output of quite focused time yeah. and that, yeah. that might feel different. But I think it was interesting, as you were talking about, Trudy, the are we just hearing more things? Yeah. And it made me think of the Science of Fear book, which we've talked about in previous seasons, mm where it says exactly that. The world is the safest it's ever been, mm. but we just hear so much more mm. than we ever have yep. that we therefore perceive it to be the most dangerous place it's ever been, but actually it's not if you compare it to years and years and years ago. But I'm wondering about this uncertainty and ambiguity because you're right, Advita, it's not really going to go away. We haven't evolved enough to be comfortable with that. So therefore we have to look at how we can create environments that allow us to predict because that's the ultimate that's ultimately what we're trying to do can we predict what's going to happen and maybe the maybe the coping mechanism is to shut down from other things and just focus on the things that you can control or influence which we talk about mm. all the time right mm. think about what you can control can i control it can i influence it if the answer is no to both of those things and i'm going to just crack on and go and do something else. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in, when you use the reference of the news story that we read at lunchtime, I'd already forgotten about that. Mm. I'm not, you know, as, as horrific as it was and at the time, I was like, oh my God, this is dreadful. It's already gone out of my head. I don't need to retain it. I, it, I can't do anything about it. So I'm just going to focus on what I can do, which drives my husband mental because he's always going, how could you not remember this film that we watched? And I'm like, well, because I don't need to remember. It's just, it's gone. Um, and I wonder if that's a technique of resilience or whatever it might be. But maybe when we get to the tips part for this, we can start to think about what's the advice you might have for people to cope with the uncertainty and ambiguity mm. in a world that isn't going to change. Mm. And if I think about organisations... And bringing it into the business world and that change and and that constant change that seems to be happening, is agility the right solution? And if I'm talking about agility, what I'm talking about is the ability to make quick decisions and and pivot. And in the pandemic, this came up a lot. You know, we've we've suddenly lost a lot of the processes or the bureaucracy that had been in the way because we had to get things done because it was a crisis. So how do you maintain 
that pace, that quick decision making, and that ability to do things that aren't in a crisis situation. So more of a long-term model that's sustainable, that gives organizations pace without the panic, I suppose, Mm. what I'm thinking Mm. about. And is that even possible in organizations? Or do we just have to accept that there's this sort of constant change and people are going to feel constantly uncertain? And and how does that leave people feeling inside organizations if if there is this constant pivoting and this agility of this moving? I think certainty within an organization can be can be created by the decisiveness decisiveness of leadership so if if you've got a leadership that can be trusted are constant a a a very very good at the whole decision making thing and and are not wavering in their resolve in, in you know how they're mm-hmm. operating i think that can be a huge tool actually in 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 calming the uncertainty in terms of an employee or you know within mm. an organization because what we find is if if you're going to constantly be reactive to the uncertainty that's going to going to be around so mm. to advita's point it's not going away we're going to have complexities we're going to have change we're going to have uncertainties but if your response to it is that you are going to be reactive all the time I can imagine that the rest of your organization is going to be a little bit on tender hooks for the whole time. They're going to be a bit like, okay, okay, what are we going to do next? <laughs> you can't see Trudy, but she's sort of doing the I, whole shaky I thing. Am, like, I am, <laughs> For effect. <laughs> but, but, and, and that's, that's the point. And the thing with agility is, is the ability to take a step back and, and forward plan how you're going to deal with some of these things. Um, my only concern with quick decisions and pivoting is how many of those quick decisions and pivots have not been thought through and the consequences or impacts of doing things in a certain way haven't been thought through as far as they can be because, again, because of the time, because of the ambiguity, because of uncertainty, there are lots of things, there are lots of unknowns in the situation. Mm. So you can't, you know, you can't ultimately say 100%, I know exactly what's going to happen next. No. So to a certain extent, it's being mindful of those quick decisions and those pivots to say, well, we still will have an element of ambiguity and, and change and uncertainty, even though we're being agile, we're mm. being on top of it. But I think the constant has to be how uh, leadership or how the organization has been shaped. And there's a lot that I think a leader can do to, to maintain a level of certainty across the organization, even in an uncertain world. I like the fact that you've sort of separated out uncertainty and ambiguity in terms of, actually, if you pull them apart a bit, there's, yeah. you can delve into that a bit more. I think there's also something around where you talked about the leadership team and the pivoting and the changing and you know the crystal ball idea essentially of being able to predict the future which you can't but any good board is looking outside the organization and horizon scanning and yeah. if they're not doing that then you're never going to be future proof mm-hmm. as an no. organization anyway at least you're quite quiet any reflection <laughs> on the conversation I, I you know what i was just reflecting on the the fact that to trudy's point separating them out is helpful i think mm. i think it's also I think we do have to get used to this pace to some extent, but be wary of the pace without the process in place. Mm. That's a lot of P's in That's there. That's a lot of P's. <laughs> I was thinking that when I was saying, saying a lot of P's. 
Would you say it again? Yeah, <laughs> can you do it again? No, I don't think I can. <laughs> but we talk about pace, which is important. And we talk about, um, you know, uncertainty again. But you can only really move at pace if you have got the processes. In place. In place. And the procedures in place and people know where they're going. And what we often find, <laughs> what we often find is that people are expected to move at pace without actually having guidance on how to get there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's that's the that's the tips bit, isn't it? It's kind of like what's the there's so many different ways we could take the tips part of this and and, and we're we're almost there. And I because I want to jump into that in terms of the 90 day planning that I often talk about yeah. in terms of if you if you're moving at pace or you've got a lot of change. So when I'm working with clients who might have been through a merger or an acquisition or there's been significant change, I always ask them to look at 90 days because if you look at 90 days and we're focused on that, you can get the blinkers on, head down, sort of mm-hmm. like we've got to do yeah. this. You've got enough momentum to to do that. And then after the 90 days, you can shift, move wherever you need to go. Not a full pivot around the other way, but you might just pivot a little yeah, bit. A little bit. I just, uh, pivot. Just a shift. <laughs> to anyone that watches Friends, they'll be understanding the pivot references, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> but you you have the opportunity to review and, and move. Mm. And then you've got the next 90-day sort of sprint, really, to, to do that. That's been very helpful with clients to be able to get everybody behind a common a common focus and that alignment mm-hmm. to move forwards mm-hmm. to get the momentum because otherwise things just can drift yeah. a little bit. And I think if you are in a, a, a place of ambiguity or uncertainty, that it can lead you to drifting in lots of different places because you don't really know what you're doing. Yeah. So you almost don't do anything mm-hmm. or you're stuck looking up, as I often say. We're looking up for someone to tell us. And quite often, in my experience, everybody's looking up, including the leadership team. Yeah. And well, there's no one up there because it's rabbit you. in headlights, isn't it? Yeah. Like... yeah. Where yeah. do I go? Where do I go next? <laughs> so if we do come into the tips, because I think we might want to spend quite a bit of time talking about the solutions to this, what is the advice if people are feeling like they are in this sort of, you know, this sort of state of ambiguity or the organisation they're working in feels very uncertain. They don't really know what they're doing. How do we how do we help people find that, that grounding or that ability to do something despite the ambiguity and the uncertainty? Uh, it, yeah, I'm going to go back to my P's. Okay. It, it's going on. It, it's, it, it's down. How many P's have we got? <laughs> it is, it, you know, that, that uncertainty in my experience with the work that I do with my clients is definitely down to broken processes and not mm. knowing what where to go, what to do, who and and where to speak. To your point, you're always looking up. Mm. And for me, when I speak with with work, when I do these focus groups and speak with colleagues and speak with, with people who are like, oh, it's it's just it's just a bit messy. You know, we, we want to do this and we're not quite sure if we can do this and we don't know if we have much budget. You know, I spoke to a client only a few months ago who found out by chance that the budgets in their department had to be reduced by 25% because they overheard a conversation in the in the staff area while they were wow. making a cup of coffee. Wow. Oh my and they were like, we're recruiting for four roles. And I'm not quite sure if I can recruit for those four roles because I'm not being given an answer whether this budget is going to be or is it here set. And I said, who have you asked? 
And so, well, I've asked a few people, my man, but nobody really knows where that came from or what the answer is, and nobody's, and that causes uncertainty. Oh, that, and that drives me mad. I know. It's like I don't, what, I don't understand how that happens. Like what, what's happening here? Like how have you got in a situation where you've been given permission to go and recruit for this yeah. role, but mm-hmm. then hear this rumor and can't verify it? And nobody's giving you an answer as a, you know, they were a middle, mid to senior level, so they weren't on board or anything, but still they're responsible for budget. Yeah. yeah. And they That's tried difficult. what they did to go and find out that, and nobody could, oh, where did you hear that? And that is, that honestly gives me rage. Oh, same, mm-hmm. same. Like, How can you expect a business to be profitable and run in the in the world that we're in right now without you communicating effectively to the people who are responsible for key things in your business. Yeah. And if you can't give them an answer, they, that person, raised it with me because they were worried, uncertain. What does this mean for me? What does it mean for my team? Mm-hmm. They've also heard, if I've heard, they've heard. Nobody's really given me an answer. I don't know how to even manage this. It's tough. Yeah. And leaders, I think, you know, when you are... When you are working at pace, which many of the leaders are working at pace, and we know that, you often forget that sometimes you're creating that chaos around you mm. by not communicating and putting those processes in place. 100%. Yep. And that is what causes that uncertainty. And if you are hearing these conversations in your business, you need to go down to the root cause, like you always say, Jenny. What is the cause? Yeah. Like, who is that person who's just randomly said in the... In the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'd be like, well, where did you hear that from? Yeah. yeah. Where did they get their information? Yeah. Was it real? Was it you real? Know? Was it information? And, you know, they said it's a trusted source who's part of this. And this is what I hate about organisations. Oh. And this is when uncertainty starts. And I think if you are dealing with uncertainty specifically, then... And ambiguity, actually, to, to a point. Figure out what, the, Figure out how your people get to know information and what the, that direction is, and give them opportunity to feedback quite quickly. So it's not progressing at a, a pace of gossip and misinformation and disinformation, which is what causes uncertainty. And I know we are working at pace, but the other thing I would also say to people is slow down. Yeah. Like slow down. And to your point, I'm a big fan of 90-day plans because we're in a world right now where I think five-year horizon planning that we used to do <laughs> forever it's just not effective anymore and nobody knew when the when covid hit that it was going to happen yeah mm-hmm. and businesses were not prepared for a crisis of that level and i think it's quite clear when you are thinking so far ahead you're going to trip yourself up so yeah. those 90 day sprint plans 90 day plans a year plan strategies plans whatever you want to call them do that and make sure people are, have got that focus for that period of time and do the reflection and the conversation and then do your next one. So I do agree with that. I think that, mm. that works really well. But I do, uh, my big tip is sort your processes out. Honestly, mm. it's yeah. just, for me, it's, it's simple. And I know it's a little bit more complicated in, in businesses, but you should not have your colleagues having to find out what is happening through unofficial channels. Yeah. And asking each other in that way. Especially when it's around budgets and, and Especially like budgets. Yeah. Like budgets is a big thing yeah. that can cause uncertainty. I think your slow down thing is really important. It's yeah. something that I've I've said several times with different clients who have had a deadline or they said, we've got to do this. We've got to do this by, you know, next week. And I'm saying, well, says who? And they're like, well, us. <laughs> and you sort of have that moment of, yeah, why are we doing this? Yeah. I mean, we and we do this to ourselves quite oh, a lot in, this, yeah. in our Carmesh Rebels business. Yeah. You know, we're doing this next week. Well, why? Hang on. Do we need to do it next yeah. week? Can we do it a bit later? You know, all those sorts of things. And I think just having that moment to stop and think, what are we 
what are we rushing for? Mm. Um, there's a song that I keep listening to, which is called something like, I'm in a hurry to get things done and I don't know why. Kind of <laughs> and I have to listen to it on repeat some days to, to kind of have that moment of, I don't know why I'm in a hurry and I don't know where that's coming from. And some of that is societal pressure. But I think it is a question if you're in a leadership team or you're advising leaders, just ask them like, what's the deadline? Why is that the deadline? Why are yeah. we in, mm. what, what's the hurry? Um, and I think that's really important. Trudy? Yeah, um, great um, conversation there from um, Advita. So there's loads in there. And and one that I'd pick up on is is around um, dispelling the rumours and dispelling and breaking down the uncertainty. So calming and uncertainty by having effective communications. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is critical. And I know that's more of a, a, a kind of leadership or, or team thing. But with, that, with the absence of that, you you you're fueling it. Um, the example I could give is around change management. So when you when you have a change going on, one of the biggest things I always talk about is if you do not tell people something, if you do not tell them what's really happening, they will make it up, mm. and then they will make it up and share it with each other, and then it will just get bigger and bigger and bigger, and then by the time you're there ready to do your communications, it will be too late because nobody will believe you because all of this rumour has gone around. Mm. And I think within the whole uncertainty thing, uh, that's one of the biggest things to deal with. I mean, we're in a time when you've got loads of fake news going on, people are reporting things that are not 100% correct. In order to um, to alleviate people feeling stressed by that, you've, you've got to communicate properly. So, well, How do you keep up to date with that, though? Like The pace of news and information now is is so quick. And as a leader in an organisation or a leadership team in an organisation, I don't know how you keep up to date with the rumour mill that's moving so much quicker than it would have been moving sort of 20 years ago to to be able to manage, to be able to manage that well, I think is hard. Yeah, I don't think, you, you can't you can't cover every rumour. But mm. what you can do is cover the things that people are... Are going to hear and are going to affect people because you think about impacts on 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 things. So, for instance, if you've got a change going on, don't wait until you're halfway down the change before you start talking about it because mm. it's very easy to say, "Yeah, we can't deal with every rumor," but the the important things that people will make up yeah. if you don't, in the absence of any communication. Um, it is is what causes a problem and it will cause a problem but down on, the line. Just on the rumour thing, and he said, how do you manage that? Part of me is thinking, if you if your line manager is connected and engaged with your team mm. and you have opened up that safe space for them to come, for people to come and speak with you, they should be able to dispel that rumour you know, or say, that isn't quite right and this is what we're doing because yeah. they have had that communication from... Should. <laughs> and, that's, and this is what... So we... Sh- Technically, if your business is running at a pace, which is evident for most people, but your line managers and your middle managers and managers in general who are responsible people are communicating with and giving the information in a timely in a timely space. Mm-hmm. And if somebody in their team is saying, I heard we're losing 10% of our salary, is that true? They should be confidently or at least be able to say, I'm going to go and find out for you and let you know tomorrow. Yep. Yeah, but this comes back to the age-old debate of middle managers and line managers oh, yeah. being a huge a hugely important part of communication. Yeah. And I'll and pop a some, yeah, <laughs> a massive gap. I'll pop some links in the show notes to the research that we did in 
2020 and 29 or 2019 and 2019. And CIPR Inside have just done a new They've research. just done a new one on that. So we'll put yeah. some line manager, deathless worker research yeah. links in this one because I think that's quite, because that's what's, that's, maybe that's where the uncertainty and ambiguity often maybe. stems from in organisations is because you've got this disconnect, which, which we often talk about, the disconnect from the, what the leaders know and then what the people yeah. on the front line know. And that, that ambiguity and uncertainty is coming from that disconnection because we're not filling the, the gaps in the middle with relevant information that's helpful yeah. Yeah. to enable good conversation through the organisation. Yeah, and that's where, the for me, the next one that I was going to go into yes. is about... Con- <laughs> Sorry, Trudy. It's okay. It's about consistency. No, but the input was great. Um, it, it, it's just... The next thing is about consistency. Be consistent in what you're what you're talking to your people about. We've got, you know, it's too easy for for people to to not see that constant, mm. and um, and people are watching. So you know, you've got leadership who kind of step back and say, "Oh, don't worry, we can keep you know, you can keep going." But it's the consistency that people are looking for. Um, for the employee or that, you know, if you're in the midst of the uncertainties, ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Some, hopefully you will get the answers unlike the person that Advita mentioned. Um, and, you know, slow down again. I just reiterate that and find some balance. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing of resilience, you know, balance, slow down, self-care, make sure that you're looking after yourself in, an, in the midst of it. And don't be afraid to have those hard conversations mm. to find out what's going on and you know if you, if you genuinely don't know and you know you're feeling worried go and talk to somebody mm. you know mm. I've uh, were you going to say something? I was just going to say I think that consistency is really important yeah. actually you know, I mean when we work on change programs and people go we've got nothing to say this week so no, I'm sending things out like <laughs> Just say you've got nothing to say this week. Yeah. I think when you don't say anything, people make up. This, oh, absolutely. People make up all sorts. It's like yeah. the team briefing. So when I spoke to a, a team, they had a team briefing. And then because I had, a, I had a conversation with the team manager and had a conversation with their team. And their team said, oh, we had a team briefing in January and we've not had anything since then. I think we've not had anything since then because they're planning something mm. and they don't want to tell us and they don't want to face into yeah. us and blah, blah, blah. All that went on. When I had the conversation with the team manager and I said, when was the last time we did a team briefing? Like, oh, I did it in January. But to be fair, we've not really done one because there's nothing really much to say. Mm. And if they need to speak to me, they can come to speak to me. Mm. I'm like, do they know that? That they can do that? Oh, yeah, I say it all the time. We can speak to me whenever. I said, yeah. do you make time for that? Do you make, are you quite intentional? And they were really surprised when I said they believe that you're hiding something. Mm. And they were like, no. I said, but this is this is where uncertainty comes in because they had a rumour mill. Yeah. Was, and it went on to different sites and people, have, did you have a team briefing? Do you have a team? Yeah. It went, and it was like, just because there's one manager, <laughs> this one manager was like, yeah, but we don't need one because, you know, it takes a lot of time. Yeah. We take people off and it takes a bit of energy. They can come and speak to me when they want. It's a bit more informal. I was like, uh-uh. If you're starting something and you said said to people we're going to be doing this monthly, and then you stop straight away, we stop and you don't explain, you are going to create all sorts of issues out there. And they were really surprised about that, and they're like, "Oh, that was not my intention." But that's to your point; it carries on. Yeah, yeah. but that's what fuels the ambiguity, doesn't yeah. it? You know, yeah. you suddenly there's no clarity on yeah. on anything. So forget about the uncertainty. But you know, suddenly mm. it's totally ambiguous because one person has made a decision not to communicate or not to do something and everybody else, because they had an expectation, are saying, 
oh, that means this, and it means this, and it, so all these different On a whim meanings. as well, yeah. it was on a whim. Oh, all these meanings come out. It's terrible. <laughs> there's, a, there's a couple of things for me of what you've both talked about and things I've been talking about recently, and I think the stakeholder piece is really important when we look at ambiguity and uncertainty, because yeah. I don't think when you're in an organisation, just mapping your stakeholders a little bit is really helpful, because mm. I think that's where a lot of it comes from. To your point, like, did you get a team brief? Did you get a team brief? If you don't know who your stakeholders are that you need to talk to or you need to let them know, actually, we've changed our mind about this, we're now going to do this. If you haven't considered those different groups of people, that's where the uncertainty and ambiguity really starts to set in. So that's kind of one piece. I think the other is where we don't ask enough questions at the end of, maybe at the end of a meeting or the end of a conversation to check that the understanding is the same. And the example I've been giving this (laughs) most recently is, we've all agreed that we can see the light through the prism, mm-hmm. okay? Where everyone's gone, yes, I can see a light, yes, I can see a light, yes, I can see a light. But I see a green light, you see a red light, and you see an orange light, <laughs> and our producer sees a purple light, then, you know, we're not all seeing the same thing. <laughs> but we're all seeing a light, right? We're yeah. going, so if yeah. we just stopped that conversation with, everyone sees light, great, let's go. But it's all different for all yeah. of us. It's that it's that depth of conversation yeah. Yeah. that yeah. I think is needed. And that's where I think the uncertainty comes in. Certainly with some of the clients I'm working with is we're just not asking the right questions. And I think that's really important for yeah. us as well. No, definitely. Oh, that was good. I really enjoyed the chit-chat around that one. Thank yes. you, girls. <laughs> I like to have a bit of a debate about uncertainty and ambiguity. I think it's I think it's so important because it can so often spiral us into places yeah. as human, you know, because we don't like it. It's very easy to get lost in an ambiguity spiral, as I have often yeah. said. Really, I'm in the spiral. And it's a really uncomfortable feeling to yeah. have that, you know, and I have I've had to really get comfortable with it, which I don't know if it's the wrong thing or right thing or who knows, but it's it is scary. And when you talked about that light thing, it's, it's like I'm seeing a red light. Yeah. Red light. Yeah. Seeing a blue. And then you come out of that meeting like, what did you see? What did you see? Do you know what I'm saying? It is it is a really it is uncomfortable, but there is help out there. Yeah. Yes. That's all I want to say. Yeah. Stay in touch with it. And the coaching retreat. Yeah. Well, <laughs> in case it wasn't clear in any of our episodes. <laughs> but I think I think you're right. I think it's, yeah. There's yeah. light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> We've got, got a whole light <laughs> ending now. I know. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you want to find out more or subscribe to our newsletter, visit calmedgedrebels.com. We'd love to continue this conversation, so please connect, ask questions, and share your thinking with us. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn under Calm Edged Rebels. And if you enjoyed this episode, please remember to rate and review us. Hold up. 